Happy Easter. It's good to see you all this morning. My name is Neil. I'm the pastor here. And today for Easter, I'm actually going to be talking about your keys. Do you guys have keys on you? Does anybody have keys? Go ahead and grab your keys. If you have keys on you, you don't have to dig through your purse unless you really want to. Um, so your keys. What's the most important key on your key ring today? Some most important. Go ahead and say what? Car key, most important. House key. Anyone else? What's a what's a really important key on your key ring today? Car and house. Your your job. If you lose that, might get in trouble. Maybe you got it all on the line. Maybe you're a business owner. It's like, man, I got a lot invested in my job. Your keys, right? House. House means family. It means home. Your car means debt. <laughs> Just joking. But it's transportation. It gets you from place to place. Keys are important, aren't they? At our old space, uh, City Church's old space, we used to be right down here on 3rd Street, and they didn't plan accordingly so they just when we got our space they actually gave me like 15 keys and every single key was to a new door in in the place there was a back door there was an office door there was an outside to the resident door there was a front door I just had all these keys and then I had some keys on my key ring of our old house I had keys on my key ring of a car that I don't even own anymore and so I ended up becoming like a janitor you know, everywhere I went, I had this big clump of keys. I couldn't fit it in my skinny jeans anymore. And so I would just, you know, it didn't matter where I was at. I'd just throw my keys down. It was like, what? And so many people are like, wow, you have, you have a lot of keys. I know. I do. Thanks. But keys give us access. And so what I ended up doing is I took all the keys off of my key ring that don't really mean much to me that I don't need and I put them in a drawer and I lock that drawer and now I have like three or four keys so if I need those other keys I could have it so my key rings went down a lot but keys are important aren't they have you ever been invited over to someone's house and the door was locked it's not really fun is it you know weren't you expecting me didn't you invite me over why are you locking the door on me or somebody invites you over and they're not even home. <laughs> That's happened. I might have done that to some of you. Yeah, come on over anytime. And the door's locked. You know, pulling on a door that's locked is really hard, isn't it? It's like, I guess this isn't for me. I guess this, uh, they weren't planning on having me over. I don't have access to this. Keys are important. So I want to kind of flip it from keys, physical keys, to spiritual keys. Having spiritual access. Maybe you've tried finding the key to life in relationships. You're like, I got all the keys. My entire key ring is full of great relationships. And you're still like, man, I, I still feel like people don't know me. Still feel lonely sometimes. 
Maybe keys have been success. Maybe you have that gigantic key ring of, wow, I have so many properties I own. I have so many things I own. I got a boat key. I got a motorcycle key. What's those uh, three-wheel motorcycles called? I got one of those. <laughs> I got it all. And, and you're, you're going through life and you're still like, man, I just I feel like there's something I'm missing. There's a key on this key ring that I don't have. Today, I want to talk about Jesus being that key, that he's the one that we all need. He's the one that gives us access. He's the, he's the one key on our key ring that we can actually use and, and use throughout life, and it fulfills us. When you open up the door to Jesus, it actually fulfills your entire life. He fills us up. He's our best friend. He knows us. Today, we're going to read the story in Matthew 28 that talks about Jesus rising from the grave. And he rolled away the tomb. He rolled away that stone once and for all so that you and I can have access in Jesus Christ. Would you like to read that with me? I hope so, because that's what we're doing. I'm going to go ahead and pray. It's in Matthew 28, 1, and that's what we're going to read. And I'm going to kind of break it down, what it looked like during this time for the disciples, for, for Mary, for people that put their hope in Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and pray and then jump right in. God, would you be our everything this morning? Would you prepare our hearts with whatever we came in the door with? Um, would you just wipe the slate clean and just, as we just start off, this Easter and just saying, God, we want to hear from you. That's why we're here. That's why we gathered. We are here for you. Come, Holy Spirit, and just anoint this message. Let's choose to just get out of your way. Would you just speak directly through me to your church, to each one of us? You know what our hearts need to hear, and that's something that um, no person can do, but only you can do, God. So, Come, Holy Spirit, speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys say amen with me? Amen. amen. Matthew 28, verse 1, it says, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Went to look at the tomb. So there's a bit of backstory before we keep going is Jesus dies on the cross for everyone to see. He dies on the cross. But before he goes to the cross, he was telling people, hey, I'm going to get handed over and I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again. He was telling people, but people only heard, I'm going to die on the cross. And then they witnessed it. And so we have Mary Magdalene and Mary coming to the tomb in actual mourning. They saw this. They experienced that. They're on their way to the tomb to, to mourn over Jesus. And so they get to the tomb. In verse 2, it says, There was a violent earthquake, and an angel of the Lord from heaven came, or came down from heaven. And going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. I love the Bible because, you know, 
if I was just going to talk about angels, I wouldn't be talking about angels sitting on stuff. <laughs> and he rolls back the tomb, and he sits down. That's what we did. That's what the angel did. The stone that was covering Jesus' tomb, most of the time what they would use is more of a corkscrew tomb stone. We, we normally like, we've envisioned this round stone. It's like 2,000 to 4,000 pounds. It's a big stone. But this is actually one of those corkscrew storm, stones that you'd have to screw into the tomb to block everything from coming out. So the angel of the Lord comes out and he just moves that thing and then sits on it. Pretty powerful, right? His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Would you say that with me? He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Would you say that with some gusto today? He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Exactly what he was telling people, but they were so concerned with the circumstance of him dying on the cross, they forgot to hear that he was going to rise from the grave. He's not here. Just as he said, he's already been risen. Come and see the place where he lay. Go ahead. Check it out. Come inside. Go look around. Look in the tomb. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. The way I envision this is the angel uh, kind of saying like Jim Carrey in uh, Ace Ventura 1. Um, Go ahead, snoop around. <laughs> He's not here. He's risen, just as he said he would. Go ahead. Sometimes when we think of faith, we think that we have to just believe all these things that we can never see. And that's really good because faith is believing in the unseen sometimes, right? But the Bible is so true and so factual and so historical that the more you dive into it, the more you look around, you start going, wow, this all is really true. Go ahead, look around. Try out Jesus. See if it's, see if it's not true. He said, he's risen just as he said. Go check it out for yourself. Verse 7 says, then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And now I have told you. And now I have told you. I love that line. I'm using it in all my social media posts from now on in quotations. And now I have told you. It's good. Hold on to that. The Bible teaches us from that moment on, the disciples experience seeing Jesus face to face. That Mary and Mary experience seeing Jesus face to face. He is risen just as he said, and they actually experience it. They get together, they gather together, and Thomas, one of the disciples, is like, I don't believe this stuff. I understand it's really good. I know you guys are trying to make up some hope for me, 
But until I see Jesus face to face, and I can put my hand in the nail-pierced hands in his hands, then I will actually believe it. And Jesus comes to Thomas, and he says, go ahead, experience it yourself. Just as I said I was going to do, I did, because God is a God of his word. Amen? God is a God of his word. What he says he will do, he will do. So Jesus completely unlocks this new life to each one of us. When that stone was rolled away, when Jesus rose from the grave, he gave us access. In Revelations, it actually says that he went to Hades and grabbed the keys of death and Hades. That there's nothing under the sun in this life or in the life to come which Jesus cannot accomplish and did not accomplish through the resurrection of Christ. He is alive. He is living. And it gets even better because he's alive and living and gives us access now because Jesus equals keys. Jesus equals access. It's in the name of Jesus that we have access And I want to talk about four quick things that we have access to through Jesus. We have access to power and authority in Jesus Christ's name. The power and authority in Jesus Christ's name. So he rose from the grave. There is nothing that we can face that Jesus has not accomplished. We have the power and authority in Jesus's name. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. John 14, 13 through 14 says, Whatever you ask in my name, would you say my name? My name, Jesus' name, this, is, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask for anything in my name, I will do it. We have power and authority because of Jesus Christ's name. We get to walk in power and authority. That when the enemy tries to attack us mentally, spiritually, and physically, we can actually speak to the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ, in the authority of Jesus Christ, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and say, no, enemy, you need to leave me alone. Amen? We have power in Jesus Christ's name. Not only the authority, but power. This means that we can actually pray prayers that are much bigger than our own. Powerful prayers. Prayers of faith. Prayers that are like bigger than what we can comprehend. Jesus says, if you ask for anything in my name, I will do it. That's powerful. We can actually come to God and say, God, I'm asking for this in your name. You can actually speak in the name of Jesus. That's powerful. Jesus gives us access to freedom. John 8, 36 says, So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Yeah, go ahead and say that with me. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. 
Before the resurrection of Christ, people were trapped in sin. There was all these rules and religious things that you had to accomplish to get rid of your sin. Is he just trapped in sin and condemnation and guilt? After the resurrection of Christ, there is freedom. Who the Son sets free, you are free indeed. Jesus gives us access to freedom. I know it's still a battle, isn't it? It's nice to like talk about, hey, you can experience freedom in Jesus, but it's, it's still a battle, isn't it? Anyone else battle with, like, I want to be free of some stuff, but it's hard. Jesus gives us access to freedom. We are fighting a battle that's already been won. And we're in the midst of it. And we can step in the freedom. So that means freedom from addictions. We can be free from addictions. We can be free from generation after generation after generation. You know what? My family has just always struggled with this. You can set your family free. You can take a stand in the name of Jesus Christ and say, no more. We're not going to struggle with this anymore. Jesus sets us free. He gives us access to freedom. And Jesus gives us access to eternal life with God. Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's in Jesus. It's the key of Jesus Christ to eternal life. Not just life for eternity, but a life right here, eternal life, that we can access eternal life in Jesus Christ. We have access to it. What Jesus did for us by dying on the cross and raising from the dead, we have life eternal, that we get to be with God for eternity. We get to create. (laughs) We get to be in his presence. You know what's really cool about this is the loved ones that that we miss, we get to be with them again. Without Jesus, there's not that hope. There's just this, there's life and there's an end and that's the end of it. But with Jesus Christ, what he did is he gave us access that we can think beyond this life on this earth and remember like when I lose somebody, I lost you on earth, but I'm gonna see you again. It's eternal life. And the last thing that Jesus gives us access to is a relationship with God. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know the Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Everything that Jesus is is wrapped up in the Father, and everything the Father is is wrapped up in Jesus. And so when we read our Bibles, when we experience Jesus Christ, it's like, that's what our Father's like. That's exactly it. 
This isn't a great end game of we get, we get to go have a relationship with God, but I'm talking about today we get a relationship with the Lord. That we actually get to be with God today. We get to be with the Lord and, and hearing that word of encouragement. You know, as a, as a parent, you're not parenting alone, you're parenting with God. In relationships, you're, you're not in those alone, you're, you're, you're in those with the Lord. And so you actually get to have a relationship with God. Jesus gave us access and he opened up the throne room and he says, come on in. Experience it yourself. You get a relationship with God. He gave us access. I just want to say one thing that I've always struggled with was I thought that my past defined that I can't have a relationship with God anymore. Um, and I made, I made some really uh, big mistakes in life and just thought like, okay, well, that's, I'm obsolete now. Like, it's done, you know. Like, I, I had a relationship with God and then I fall. And it's like, man, I'm not holding myself accountable to these, all these ideas that I thought that I was supposed to be doing. But what I'm saying today is that it doesn't matter where you're at, that you have access to a relationship with the Lord, that he wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be that number one key on your ring. You have access to God. So as you can see, there's a lot that's packed in the resurrection that Jesus gave us access to. And from this moment on, when the disciples heard this and when they met with Jesus, they go up the mountain and they meet with Jesus and Jesus gives them this great commission, go out and tell everyone what I've been telling you. Share the good news. They devoted their entire life to it. And this was what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ is that we devote our entire life to just sharing the good news and training people and teaching them what Jesus has given us access to. And it never gets old. You just get to constantly share that good news. And one thing that I've heard over the years is when you keep things really simple, people say, that I would love to have something really deep. I need some real depth. And I'm just here to tell you that do this. And once you accomplish this, come talk to me about depth. Like live this stuff out. Live out your life completely devoted to Jesus Christ and getting the great word out about what Jesus has done. It never gets old. It never gets tiring. It never becomes stale. Devote your entire life to sharing the good news of what Jesus has given us access to. Just pour out your heart to God and just say, you know what, God, use me. It's change in your pocket and use me for your glory. I want to share the good news. I bought a car a, a while back. Um, got a really good deal on it. On Facebook Marketplace. It's really good. Uh, it had a bad turbo on it, though which I learned is really expensive to fix. Um, so anyways, I bought this car, and um, sold my PT Cruiser for it. So it was a PT Cruiser convertible. Um, 
I don't mean to brag. Just, just telling you, you know, how much I was invested in this new car. <laughs> and when I got it, I got it fixed, got a little bit of money in it, and I start driving it, and I forget to put my seatbelt on, and so I, uh, I'm driving, and the radio turns off because I don't have my seatbelt on. It's a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of said that a little backwards. It's a Ford. <laughs> I, I, put, I don't put my seatbelt on and the radio turns off. Like, that's weird. And so I put my seatbelt in. Oh, and the radio turns back on. Okay. It's kind of weird. And there's this thing on the dash that says, my car. Yeah, it's my car. And then I'm listening to some podcasts or some music, and I like, I want to hear it, you know. And so I turn it, and it stops at halfway volume and you can't go past halfway volume and it says my car so I twist the knob nothing you know stops at halfway and so I did some research slash you know looked on YouTube and found out what my car means in Fords and listen up parents this is really really cool if you got some kids that are going to be driving so my car what it does is you take this key which is this key to my car and this is like the child's key to my car. So the person that owned it before set it all up that, you know, you can't go over a certain miles per hour. You could set it up. Hey, give your kid a car that can only go 35. <laughs> that would be awesome, right? <laughs> so I can't drive around with the seatbelt off because, you know, the radio don't work. I want to listen to the radio. And then I can't listen to my loud music because it's set up for a teenager, like, we don't want you pumping the music. And so I'm a kid in my car. I bought the car, but I'm stuck as like a 14-year-old that gets to drive their parents' car. Because somebody out there, and if you're here today, great. If you're listening online, I love the original key to the car. Because I would love to l listen to music a little louder than halfway. You know, I would love to do those things. And I, I'm stuck with this key, though. I found out that it cost a lot of money to go get this thing reset. But you can. You can go to a Ford dealership, and it's like six to $800. I'm not receiving an offering or anything. Don't worry. <laughs> But you can go to a Ford dealership and get the car reset that this could become the original key now. And then I have full access to all of my car. That will be great. I look forward to the day. I don't think it's going to happen in this lifetime. But I was thinking about that today because I'm talking about having access with your key. That Jesus is the key and he gives us access to everything that we read about in the Bible. Jesus says that, you know what, you're going to do even greater works than what I've done. Like, how cool is that? And he gives us access and he says, I'm the key to life. Go ahead and use the key. And so many people that believe in God are kind of driving around with cars that, like, that's for somebody else. 
That's somebody else's key. Like, I couldn't have all of that stuff. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is for everyone, for you and for me. He gives us access to everything that we read about. He gives us access. I'm not talking about religious duties. I'm talking about a relationship in God where it's this journey of him constantly giving you access into new relationship, new ways that he wants to use us, where we start to hear his voice and we're like, that's the voice of God. Where we start to work and we're actually devoting our lives to working for Christ. The key is for you. I don't care what brought you in the door today. I don't care what comes up and is like, no, that's for somebody else. It's for you today. You have access. In Jesus Christ's name. So the invite is this, is take the key today. Go ahead, check it out. Dive in the you know, get a Bible today, try out, try out reading the Bible, use your phone, get the Bible app and listen to it. And like, God, I actually want to hear from you. I want, I want to know you more. Grab access to the Lord today. Maybe you've just kind of put that key on a shelf and I've, I've, I've experienced that in the past, Neil, and I'm inviting you to like, grab the key back down. He wants a relationship with each one of us in this room. Amen? Let's pray.